So I don't really know exactly what we're doing with this. This is kind of a... What the fuck is going on right now? <laughs> this is kind of a... I don't know. What would you call this? An experiment? Maybe an experiment. Yeah. I mean, it's just a little little tester spot. little... Just give her a shot. Just give her a shot. You know what I right mean? Right in the arm. You've been doing this... Uh, I were speaking of the podcast thing for a hot, hot-ass minute hot, for now. Hot, So, I mean, like I said, it's just one of those deals where you just kind of got to, you know... Give her go it go up to bat, you go know what I mean. Bat. Do mm-hmm. your you know go bowl, you know throw mm-hmm. the football, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Mm-hmm. He's got to fucking throw give her a shot. the football or the uh, biscuit bowl. If or... you fuck it up, then you just you know <laughs> you go back again. You yell at the you yell at the kid. You scream. What are you doing? <laughs> Come on! Exactly, in like an Adam Sandler like voice. You're just like, why are you fucking everything up? You and you feel me. better? No, no, not at all. No, no, none no, of that no, happens no. at none all. None of that would happen. You, to you just gotta give it a shot. Give it your best shot. So that's what we're here doing. Right. So, so I just thought it would be fun since uh, people that may or may not know me from my other podcast, Comic Con's podcast, know that I like to talk about the music, the tunes, the tunesies. Music's in your DNA. It's part it's of the of, foundation of this whole thing. It you know? kind of is. I mean, I've been doing this thing, podcasting and music for a little, for a little a bit, skis, yeah. you know, music longer. And we've broken down, you and I, Mr. John Barnes. Barnsky. And Mr. Nick Stevenses. Mm-hmm. We've been... Working together in music, playing together, jamming, and just talking about fucking music. Let's say if I'm eight years ish, so it's kind of been an orgy of sound, mm-hmm. kids. All right, and it's for different reasons. So sometimes you just we've been we've talked about it casually, I guess. Mm-hmm. We haven't put the, any pressure on to talk about it. You're just either recording or we were having band practice, right? And, I mean, even times when it was like a break the ice kind of situation mm-hmm, where mm-hmm. I didn't know you as well. You know, like when we were first jamming, you know, what is this guy into? You know yeah. what I mean? That kind of a thing. What's this sick bastard into? <laughs> is he into the same sick shit I'm into? You know? And then we, once we recorded together with vinyl, his, mm-hmm. the band that we first met, we were playing and we met in 2013, 14 or something like that. And basically that point, it was like, oh, okay, now we start discovering tastes. Mm, taste. That's when you get more comfortable talking right, about, right. like, I guess uh, the phrase that we were using earlier was the deep cuts. The deep cuts. Yes. Either it's the deep cuts or maybe just the guilty pleasures or the just the things that are part of your what? Your D and A. Exactly. <laughs> and not... <laughs> he coached me with his hands. The hands was good. You guys didn't see that your shit. D- and mm-hmm. exactly. like I love it, man. And I'm just excited to jump into this new endeavor with you. So without further ado, welcome to Orgy of Sound, where we break down and unpack the songs that make us orgasm, okay? <laughs> Maybe they don't even make us orgasm. Maybe they're just part of our D and we just want to get it going you know uh, what i mean uh-huh. oh we're getting going and right. every week we're going to give you kind of a, a short spiel because we don't want to do hour-long podcasts like some of those assholes over at comic-con's headquarters you know what i'm saying say, every week after every fucking, fucking week, week they're just you know? pounding the pavement giving you hour plus long episodes you know it's a bunch of bullshit right no, Sometimes you got to let her flow like that. And as we discussed during the last uh, podcast, which, if I remember correctly, was really long. One. It was. Yeah, that was the longest. Usually we're like dead on an hour. It's like an honest hour. 
you know, we look right. and it's right. like, stop, right. we're ready to stop. And he looks, it's like 59, 101, which is good. That's right. right. As we discussed, though, there's a lot of long, long podcasts long out podcast. there. Long in the tooth. And I don't really do the podcast thing a whole lot. I'm pretty selective here and there where some people like are religious about certain ones, which is fine. But it takes up a lot of goddamn time. <laughs> it takes a lot of time. So sometimes it's cool to have a different energy with that. And now we're here to mess around with that energy and see where it goes. We're going to see where it goes, kids. We're going to see where we can take it. We hope you follow us along this little journey because this is all new for us, too, in a way. And we're going to try to do it in short bursts. <clears throat> so stay the fuck Tunskis. What song are we talking about today? I'm going to go off with something that maybe I wouldn't pick for Comic Cons mm. out there. You know, mm. something that wouldn't be like a, the usual, mm. um, but something I do listen to. You okay. Know, All right. I just haven't listened to in a while. So um, basically, we're going to go a little progressive. Mm-hmm. On the first one here, and I guess if we're going to go all out, it's going to have to be a bombastic, bombastic, Mr. Bombastic, very <laughs> fantastic kind of situation here. Um, so once again, tastes are up to everybody else on their own. We're both into a lot of different kinds eclectic, of music. Eclectic, eclectic. Exactly. So what we're going to go with here is uh, we're going with a track by a progressive metal rock band that a lot of people know uh, called Dream Theater here. Mm. Um now, I've been listening to this band for a long time. There's probably a lot of people out there that are going to get a sour, <laughs> sour taste in their mouth for a variety of reasons over th- this sort of band. But Dream Theater is badass. Doesn't they matter. are badass. It doesn't matter. Not everybody's into that, into progressive music, more technical music, whatever it may be. But certain songs are have an impact on you mm-hmm. and certain songs just stand out even amongst bands that have a lot of good songs open your eyes yeah that's what right. we're here to talk about right. so the song i'm going to talk about is a song called a change of seasons and basically it was an ep and the main song was that name a change of seasons oh. and as per progressive bands even for dream theater it's a 23 minute song and uh wow yeah, it really is. Starts off with a little acoustic, I see. Anybody who knows this kind of band knows that basically they do a lot of different sounds. This song basically 100%. has... It has... I believe it's broke up into like six or seven different sections. <laughs> it's so hilarious that we said, we're going to do a short guy. And our first song... Well, you can do a short guy be- with a long song. <laughs> yeah. 23 minutes. I'm digging it already. So Dream Theater's always been one of those bands that I've profusely had admiration for mm-hmm. and and love yeah. but but i don't know their discography so this is good this is exciting so right. lay it on me what's your relationship what's your connection to well, this, jam? this song like i said this song and this album were like the third thing that they released professionally so mm-hmm. to speak they needed to come out with a new album that basically wasn't an album so they came out with an ep most eps are extremely short yeah right? sure sure well that was of course a band's gonna come out with a long ass song this song was originally supposed to be on their first album they wrote oh. this song like during their first batch of songs when they really had their shit together so this song was important to them but they didn't have a chance to put it on the other record so why not make like a segue record right. so this song is important to me in the sense of i discovered this song when i discovered my musical partner patrick and uh, we were both into Dream Theater for separate reasons, and this was the one he was into, and this was the one I wasn't into as much. 
Ooh, and we got some, we got some crunch coming exactly, in Exactly, yeah. So I can see a little bit of the metal influence in there. Oh, you know of course. I mean, and it's one, it's again, you know, anybody who's going to commit to this long of a song, you know, maybe you will. Maybe someone out there will get into a song that has like a bunch of different changes and a bunch of different motifs, you know. Um, but in regards to any of the technical notes about the song, yeah, 1995, September of 95 was when it was released. Great fucking year. Yeah. Great fucking month and a, a great lot fucking of the, year. Yeah, a lot of the songs I chose happened to be September. It's oh, weird. interesting. Yeah. Not all of them, but some of them. And uh, yeah, it was recorded in New York at the same place that they recorded the first album with the guy who produced the first album, mm. David Prater. And all these guys were pretty like, you know, like they went back and used the same guys from the first album. But this song, amongst Dream Theater fans... Is uh, and I'm not as much of an aficionado as I could be. I mean, I've been listening to them a while, but they basically love this because it's like a transitional period with the band. But lyrically, it's pretty cool. It's cheesy because a lot of the lyrics are cheesy, but it's poignant because it like um, I guess it's just very cleverly done because it's I, like a change of seasons. Seasons like you change the seasons. They're changing the, the songs, changing time. Well, they signature. already do that anyway, but it fits. <laughs> Perfectly with the band because lyrically and musically they're going to do that anyway. Right. But lyrically it has, it's basically centered around a bunch of shit that the drummer had gone through. Right. And they were at this point probably 30, edging on 30. 30, edging on 30. Okay. Yeah. When they, when this, they recorded it and made this, just to give context to the people out there. Well, these guys sound like mature, like weathered musicians. Well, they were. That's their game. That's their whole musicianship. They came into. They came, when they came out with the first album, professional big album, they basically were already fully formed musicians. They just got better and better. But when you're dealing with a band that's centered around musicality and musicianship, it's a little bit different than your average thing. You know? Is the whole song instrumental? No, it is not. <laughs> so we're still in the intro. The vocals don't like, even get we're going still... for like... Yes. Yes. And that's what I meant by bombastic. <laughs> that, you know, It's a dynamic bombastic. band. Not everybody's into that. But the song itself is... I, we, See where we are here. Oh, here we got some melodies going. Yeah, you skipped really far. There's a whole like <laughs> rock chorus. It's what's crazy about that band. There's a whole rock verse and chorus like right when you, were about, when you started skipping. I do want to say the singer's voice is majestic. What's his name? James LeBron. Mm. He's Canadian, too, so that, oh, kind of, yeah? that kind of might answer some questions for you there. And the drummer, is that Mike Partnoy? Yeah, exactly. Okay, okay. Now, that's the big thing about this band, just like a band like Rush or Iron Maiden. A lot of people don't like the vocalist. I understand why people don't like the vocalist of Dream Theater. Why is it? He's, he's like, breathy. He's too breathy. He's too sensy. He's breathy. He's very feminine about his vocals, even though he has the full... He literally has, like, four octaves. He does range. that full range. He's like, hey! He's full. He yeah, has, yeah, like, he the can... full range. He can do the whole thing, at least in studio. He, sure. He's classically trained. Doesn't always mean shit, but he's meant to be like that in this band. It's just like we discussed with the last... Uh, quotes. Like okay. got movie quotes. Some... All kinds of there's reasons for all that stuff too. It's great. Sure, I'm sure. Yeah, it's really rad, and it adds that vibe to it. Of course. But yeah, I mean, like I said, uh, I know we're trying to keep this short, and I think we're doing pretty good here. We are. We're, we're chugging because, along. Because, like I said, you know, all the technical notes don't really matter. The truth behind it, though, is that yes, it's a very long song, but lyrically, it's about like basically it's a couple things. When he was like 21 or two, or he no, he was just finishing high school or like first year of college and he had one of those cool teachers 
You know, right, we all have right, one right, like right. cool dude one. who, who yeah. like right. teaches you like the deal. Right. This so is they how were, you put they it. They were teaching them carpe diem, the whole seize your life, right? Seize your day, seize the day, said, right. exactly. That night, he told the whole purpose that was in like the whole actual Latin poem or whatever is like go home and hug your mom and tell everybody you love them because you don't know. Right. Today, That's life is short. Did right. it? Went home, hugged his mom. Mom died in a plane crash God in New Jersey damn. that night. No shit. God damn. Yep, and it was one of those he went on and became driven, and then went to college at Berkeley and met Fort or met Petrucci. Portnoy did. We're speaking of Portnoy. Okay, okay, okay. And all these things happened in his life, and that's a big part of what this song's about. And then growing up, and then dealing with adversity of trying to pursue the career that they did and make it the way they did because most people don't sell millions of records as a progressive metal band. I don't think in nineteen ninety. Five, right, you know what I mean. You, you, so. No one can. You can't deny that no one was. No one was doing what they were doing. Oh, you were. Oh, for sure. I mean, they you took. What what, they took all the best stuff of all the bands they were into and called it into a thing. Some people feel they're kind of a sterile band, but once again, growing up myself personally, being into musicianship, the, like here's the musician part. They the vocals are over. It for like clean. Three minutes. It's oh, they're clean. clean. So no, when you say sterile, that's what you mean. You mean like that's clean. Most people don't like it. They might listen to his guitar solo and no good guitarist. Right. And go, oh, everything's executed so perfectly. Right. You're not going to get that gig. raw, fuzzy Neil Young that's in the deal. garage. He does that stuff, but he's clean. That's his right. gig. That's his gig. The other dude's loose. But yeah, then they'll go on for four minutes. But this song, you can't even explain how much riff it is. There's anybody who knows your style of music knows it goes on and on. On and on. But this is not your run-of-the-mill bullshit song. It's an epic fucking song. You got some serious clean soloage going on here. Shows it just it's 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 pretty sick. And musically it makes sense, the whole flow. Especially for them being that early in their career. I hear some influences in hearing this song and then knowing your drumming style. Is that fair to say? Or is yeah, that... well, once again, Portnoy is one of those dudes that's kind of like a, because of that era of the 90s. Mm-hmm. He was always considered like the most voted prog rock guy. He's never been the mo- best technical dude, right. but he was the most tastefully played technical music. Oh, yeah. So he was kind of like a... And once again, everybody gets on him because he basically... Was, Influenced by Neil Peart of Rush, so he sounds mm-hmm. a lot like Neil Peart of Rush. <laughs> but the point is, is what was Neil Peart good at? Oh, playing technical things tastefully. Right. Oh wow, making a seven-minute song feel like three minutes, and right. make a twenty-three-minute right. song right. be like I can't wait till eighteen minutes in. Oh, or already there. Look, kids, how can you, you do that? Not many people can do that. You know. Do you like <laughs> eating shrooms in the back of a station wagon? And do you like having your face melted like the guy from Raiders of the Lost Ark? Yes, you do. So Check what's the problem? Part. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's one of those deals. Yeah. So those this. The song is definitely heavy-handed, but that's their deal. Dude, heavy-handed. I feel like I should be like fucking Shinobi himself, like running through fucking ninjas right but now. But they have so much vibe in this song, and all the parts are are really well put and well placed and all that. So I hadn't listened to it in a while, so I tried to bust out a bunch of different shit out of my CD collection. Everybody heard Ooh. that CD Compact collection? This. Yeah, I got four or five big books. And right. They're all in pretty good condition, considering. Kind of like you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Mm. Wow. I do have a white Toy Story hoodie (laughs) on right now, and it's clean, baby. It's white, and I've kept it clean. Mm. It ain't Labor Day yet, baby. No, it ain't. No, it ain't. Go with it. Go with it. (laughs) Go with it. But yeah, Dream Theater, don't fucking hate on a change of seasons. Uh, Don't worry about the rest of the album. It's all just filler live stuff they did. But the whole first song is an epic fucking journey. And if you're out there and you like musicianship and you kind of hated on them before, 
Maybe you'll trust my fucking judgment and listen to this song. And maybe there'll be like five minutes of this song you love and the rest you hate. Right. Most likely somebody out there will listen to it and go, oh, I don't like the vocals. But I love the music. Oh, what did he fucking do? But, you know. So to wrap it up, kids, do we love the intro? Yeah, we do. We're digging it, right? Dope. Yeah, I think. I mean, it's hard to not like the intro. The amount of vibe and ambience that they fucking place on this song is is sick. Do we like the hook? I don't even know what the hook was. Well, the hook of the song is really the fact that they're able to tie in a theme over 20 minutes. And does it bang? Yes, it does. Yeah. Does it have heavy stuff? Yes. Does it have reoccurring melody? Yes, it does. Multiple guitar solos? Yes. Does the theme make sense lyrically, no matter how cheesy you might think the lyrics are? Yes, a la Rush. It has a book ending. Um, it has pretty much everything you could want musically, especially if you're into rock and metal and anything that has chops and stuff. Especially if you actually never really gave Dream Theater a chance. Especially. I mean, and you really like, actually like musicianship, but you hated them. Like, it might, you know, it's old now. <laughs> it's getting to be, it'll be 30 years old in like four years. Well, I have a strong feeling that most of the songs we're going to be picking for this podcast are going to be older songs. 90s-ish, yes, because <laughs> our age, but once again, yes, yeah, so yeah. That's a, that's, a, that's a safe judgment. <laughs> so does, does the song matter? It matters to you. It matters to me. It has a lot to do with a time in my life mm-hmm. and also a time where I didn't listen to Dream Theater. I went years, years listening to not music like this. Right. Like I'm on like a soul and R&B kick right now. Yeah. So listen to this like back and forth and work is, fr- is fresh. Yeah. Fresh ears. It still jams. Yeah. And it jams even harder with the amount of depth and layer, layers that I knew it had then, but now it's like five ten years later and i'm like wow this is as good as i remembered it being and more and yeah. that's special it is you know what I'm saying? it is a special song and it stood the test of time and it's still great in their catalog and they've been through a hell of a lot of music since <laughs> since this point you know and to their credit they wrote most of this music when they were 20 years old damn yeah and they re-recorded it because they were like hey let's re-record it and the last label was like cool give you more time for the next album and it worked out. And all I was doing at that, that age was risting in the bathroom and drinking dollar pitchers at that local pub. I have to know? say, I was trying to be a good musician, but I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't doing that shit, that's for sure. <laughs> well, you tell us what you think, kitties, and uh, keep checking back with us on another edition of Orgy of the Soundskies. Hell yeah. Did the song just end when we finished? Yeah, I was going to say it. You literally, I was going to say it because I know the song well. I was like, he literally pulled it right to the very last note of the song. That was pretty well done for that. 